Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away. I woke up bright and early just for the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast with a bad attitude. One of his hands washes the other. Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Doug Jones here, as you heard my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, just announce. It is uh, time for the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We're bringing it to you on another bright and sunny Arizona morning. Uh, this means that Randy is going to be in a good mood when we finally get around to talking to him. And we are uh, celebrating today uh, the birthday of Drew McMillan's father who is also uh, Drew McMillan, but he is, he goes by the name Andy. So Andy McMillan was born on the same day as my brother, a different year, but uh, October 20th. And uh, I forget what year he was born. I'm thinking it was 1960-ish or thereabouts, maybe 61. I know his wife, my sister, was born in 1962, and they graduated in the same year from college. And uh, I believe that means that they might have both been born in 1962. In any event, we're looking forward to seeing them and their three children, uh, at least one spousal unit and one child that uh, has uh, been born fairly recently. That's little Nora. We're going to see all of them in California over the Thanksgiving weekend. So looking forward to that. Anyway, as I mention every time we do one of these podcasts, we're here to make people feel good about transferring from regular health insurance to Medicare. A lot of people are worried about that. They think it's going to be so complicated. Uh, it's going to be rife with uh, the possibility of errors. They don't like to ask people for quotes because these salesmen keep calling them and they they have to carry all this junk mail home from their uh, their mailbox, and it's just uh, not the kind of pleasant thing that a lot of people anticipate as uh, they approach Medicare, but I have a different picture. If you were to go and buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022 at Amazon.com, then you would find out that uh, you uh, your Medicare, uh, I'm looking across the street it looks like a dog's tail is wagging and i know they don't have a dog so i'm very concerned about what's going on behind a bush uh, i'm only seeing a little bit of it but it's pretty weird anyway uh go buy my book at amazon.com and uh you'll have your choice of a soft cover a hard cover uh a uh, an audible book and a kindle book if you have a an electronic reader of some kind that would be one of the most uh efficient and cost-effective ways to acquire your Medicare knowledge. And then sit down with a stiff drink for about an hour to an hour and a half. And when you have finished reading, you will have enough Medicare knowledge to make you feel confident that the, the entire Medicare process is going to be fairly benign 
and he'll come out on the other side in better shape. You'll have uh, pretty good coverage at a pretty reasonable price. Although I've been dealing lately with some people that are subject to the IRMA, the Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount, which is the success penalty. I've had several clients lately who have been penalized because they've been too successful. And so they have to pay extra for Medicare, and that's an irritating fact for them. But it's unfortunately what uh, our political uh, establishment has left us with, and uh, they can't blame it on me. All I can do is explain it to them, and uh, it's they won't have uh, really any option. You don't want to not be successful just to avoid the success penalty. Anyway, here we go with another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and I would like to introduce my friend and podcast engineer, Randy Carson. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely awesomely. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm very pleased to hear that. It looks like you got your ears lowered. Did that happen? I or did. It- I, I did get my ears lowered. Uh, that's been a couple a couple days ago, but I don't know what's happening to the color of my hair. It's every time I get in the sunshine, it's I, I'm beginning to look like I'm you know I could be seen from outer space. Well, I've got news for you. I had the same thing happen to me. Uh, unexpectedly. I blamed it on the sun. I said, boy, I've been nature boy Doug here. I've been out in the sun an awful lot. My hair, my hair is turning into a like beach blonde uh, color. And it turns out it's turning white because I'm really old and you is might have what, the same problem. Is that what happened? I believe that could be it. Do you ever, you ever, I, okay. Everybody says this, but in my mind, I'm still 19 years old. Oh, same Uh, here. Unfortunately, my body doesn't agree with that concept. Mm -hmm. So I have this constant fight between I can do that and my body going, oh, really try that. (laughs) I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Well, here's what I did, too. I wrote a book that people seem to enjoy, and it seems to do a good job for people. So I have people who have read the book calling and asking for my help in getting the Medicare insurance that they need for complete protection. And that, that chains me to the desk. And I've noticed that none of my clothes fit anymore because I'm not even getting the paltry amount of exercise I used to get working on the cars, you know, getting up off the floor, getting down on the floor with my wrench that I forgot and getting up off the floor again. When I realize I've got a metric wrench instead of a regular wrench and I got to get back down on the floor. And that was uh, actually keeping me slim and trim. I didn't realize that all those years of, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying there was a more exercise in working on cars than one might expect. And since I haven't been doing much of that, uh, I have started to pork up. Well, okay. Well, that porking up in your mind is a whole different concept than porking up in most people's minds. But anyway, long story short, as I saw, you talked about metric wrenches. Yeah. And and regular. Yeah. Okay. So, so I saw an ad. Well, it wasn't an ad, I guess. It was more of a, a funny post on Facebook the other day. Uh-huh. And, and it was a, you know what a crescent wrench is? Oh, yeah. And, and there many was a, of them. There was a crescent wrench head on two sides of a wrench, you know, one on each side. 
one was one had an arrow pointing to metric <laughs> yeah, and the other one was, was pointing to us <laughs> oh, oh boy now should we explain why that's hilarious well you know there's probably some women some wonderful wonderful ladies in the audience that may not get that clue but go ahead and explain what the concept is there well a metric wrench i mean excuse me a, a crescent wrench which the english would refer to as an adjustable spanner is infinitely adjustable so you can set it to the exact size you want and you don't have to worry about what that size is it, it opens real wide or it closes up for a small um, hex nut and uh, it will accommodate without any question at all either metric or uh, imperial measurements so it's funny that somebody would mark a um, <laughs> a wrench with uh, you know this side for metric this side for imperial because frankly it makes no difference whatsoever to the wrench you know that just occurred to me Doug you know what I need uh glasses no no oh, well I know no, it's not I, a haircut no I need I need crescent pants oh you know so I can <laughs> infinitely adjustable whatever size I need I can make it happen well I think they they call those sands a belt weren't those fashionable <laughs> back in the 1950s oh my god I haven't heard that name forever sands a belt yeah, holy banana exactly some genius decided to invent pants that didn't need to be resized every time you gained or lost a couple of pounds and yeah. uh, they they were elastic i guess uh, yeah and the other problem was is that and i never had any that were actually sans about but i had some that were kind of like that yeah and the problem was is they do have a max and once you get to the max they still cut you in half Absolutely. Absolutely. Mary went out and bought a couple of belts for me. We had a, a social occasion that we had to kind of get a little bit dressed up for, uh, you know, like business casual or something. And so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had, well, I told you I parked up a little bit and the belt I've been wearing for years is on its last hole. And Mary said, well, I'm going to the store. I'll get you a couple of belts. So she comes home with belts that are like like full-grown anaconda snakes. These things are <laughs> so damn long. It's incredible. I've got a 32-inch waist, and uh, these things were 38 and size 42 or something Holy like bananas. I know. I know. Yeah, you know, it's just like... Um, well, there are some old jokes I'll leave aside, but uh, it's it's a lack of understanding the you know various sizes, I guess, and their relationship with each other. Well, here's your here's your fun fact for the day then about belts, and then we probably had a yeah, I think we ought to get into some Medicare work here. But I'm sure the audience so agrees with that. If you need to go out and buy yourself a gun belt, uh huh. And let's say, for example, your belt is a 30, let's say your belt's a 36. Okay. You need, and when you buy a gun belt, you have to go two inches higher. Oh, okay. Because so, you, you always wear a gun, you know, like an old cowboy gun belt. Sure. With, yeah. yeah. We have one lay, uh, hanging on a uh, a pegboard, not a pegboard. It's a, like, uh, if you walked into a, a um, uh, God, what is it? Uh, boy. Uh, the name of the building on a ranch where the ranch hands hung out. Um, if you walked into the uh, cowboys, you know, home on the ranch, the building where they slept, the bunkhouse. Bunkhouse, yeah. Yeah, and you'd have a place to hang your hat, you know, like pegs sticking out of the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got one of those with a uh, gun belt hanging on it with uh, Mary's uh, single-action army uh, 
Colt knockoff gun in it. Oh, cool. Well, just know that I've got a very beautiful custom-made gun belt. Unfortunately, I have grown more than the custom gun belt did. You know something? It's been a while since I've tried Mary's on. It fit both of us at one time. I hate to think that one of us has outgrown that. Oh, boy. So now Now all I can do is sing. You know how they, in the the Western movies, they sling one over their shoulder? Yeah. So if you ever see me walking down the street with one slung over my shoulder, it's not because I'm trying to look cool. It's because I'm too freaking big for the belt anymore. Right, right. Well, you've got uh, only one option, and that's to get another one. I do. If you get it too big, you could get a second one, turn the holster around, and uh, there was somebody out there, of a popular cowboy who wore two gun belts. Instead of having a gun belt with two holsters, he wore two gun belts crisscrossed. Oh, uh, okay. That would accommodate a larger size without dropping to the ground, I guess. Well, someday when you and I are on a road trip, I want to go to Tucson because there is a probably the a world-renowned, if not you know, many, many, many states-renowned, custom gun belt maker down there. Well, you know something? There's a custom handmade boot maker in Tucson as well, uh, Stewart Boot Company. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm thinking they use the same kind of expertise for both items. My next door neighbor has got, uh, he's unfortunately passed on now, wonderful guy, ex-Marine. You know, he and he has a, a custom-made gun belt from the one that, from the guy in Tucson. Uh-huh. And it is it is freaking gorgeous, and I would do anything to have this belt, except for I could only fit except it for around, losing weight. <laughs> I could only fit it around my neck, and then that would look a little strange. Okay, well, if you got a, an equivalent gun belt that looked as beautiful as this neighbor's gun belt is, that would inspire you to uh, go on a diet every once in a while, so you would always be able to fit into it. I guess. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's an option. I uh, I definitely uh, would like to do that. Uh, someday you and I are going to take a road trip though. We got to get to Tucson. I last time I was in Tucson, uh, I didn't get to see as much as I wanted to, but anyway, long story short. Well, my neighbors across the street are packing up their car right now to head out to tombstone. Apparently it's hellacious days or something at the end of October in tombstone. And so they have spent $1,500 to go down there for a long weekend And since all the motels are completely crammed with people, they're going to be living in a tent and it's not their tent. It's like the city of tombstone has set up tents someplace and charging through the nose for people to stay in. That's just not right. But the reason these people even get that privilege is because they dress like, uh, you know, period costumes. They have uh, very, very uh, elegant. They, he looks like a, um, a uh, successful businessman with a Western, you know, tilt to his uh, clothing. And she looks like one of these women with a bustle and everything, uh, uh, an 1890s type of costume. And they are, uh, they're very uh, well known around here for dressing in period costumes. Cool. Cool. I'm sitting here with a pile of articles that I've been collecting. Uh, the last few episodes you may have noticed have been uh, filled with news about Medicare Advantage plans and how they are on a roll to um, 
qualify for federal penitentiary hard time because there's a lot of fraud going on in the Medicare Advantage world and a lot of disappointment of Medicare Advantage members or the customers that buy their plans when Joe Namath or Jimmy J.J. Walker tells them to call the number. They wind up with a Medicare Advantage plan and then frequently they wind up being very disappointed. So I have um, been saving the other articles and items that I run across because I knew that we would at some point not be talking about Medicare Advantage plans. And Randy, I want you to help me out here because I've got so many things to discuss. I don't know what's going to be useful or helpful to the audience. I've got, um, I'll just uh, start reading headlines and you tell me when to stop. Health plan, health plan shakeup could disrupt coverage for low income Californians. Do we care about low income Californians after Congress fails to add dental coverage, Medicare weighs limited benefit expansion. Listen up. You can now buy hearing aids without a prescription. What'd you say? (laughs) I said, listen up. You (laughs) you can now buy hearing aids without a prescription. I'm, uh, uh, Ontelarius, what's the name of that uh, medical specialty that deals with hearing? Uh, Those guys say that you need their expertise in order to get the right. Audiologists. Thank you very much. Uh, Here's another headline. If you're worried about the environment, consider being composted when you die. What the hell? What? That's All not, right. I don't want. I don't want to be composted. I want to be. I want to be have my ashes scattered over a a beautiful actress in Ireland. Well, that could happen too. You can be half composted and half had the uh, ashes scattered. <laughs> All right, that sounds like you had your hand in the air. So here we go. If you're worried about the environment, consider being composted when you die. Uh, this came out in October, uh, middle of or. You know, October 11th, I think, is the date. Uh, Seattle-based funeral home, Recompose. Oh, boy, that's a sleepy-sounding name. It offers to compost bodies, turning them into soil, uh, a recently emerging alternative to cremation and burials. Would you rather be buried or cremated when you die? If you feel the way I do, the answer is neither. I cringe at the thought of my body burning up at well over 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit or being pumped full of toxic chemicals and spending the rest of eternity in a cramped box six feet underground. So here's another question. How do you feel about having your body reduced to compost and used to plant a tree, grow flowers, or repair depleted soil in a forest? How would soil get depleted in a forest? It's got all kinds of leaves that keep falling on the soil to replenish it. I don't think soil in forests gets depleted, but that's just me. Back to the article. Human composting doesn't mean you're tossed into a bin with potato peels, crushed eggshells, and coffee grounds. Rather, you'd be placed in a metal or wooden vessel enveloped by organic materials such as wood chips, alfalfa, straw, and then slowly reduced to a nutrient-packed soil. The process can take six weeks to six months depending on the methods used. I don't know about you, but I like the sound of that. Now, this is not me. This is Bernard J. Wolfson talking. He's the author of this article. I don't know about you, but I like the sound of that, at least compared with those other two options. I never felt like I had an option that works for me until now, said Assembly Member Christine Garcia, Bell Gardens. Guess what party she belongs to in California, Randy? Randy's yawning. No, he... Uh 
Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I was, I was, my mouse got away from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, let me guess. What party would she be part of? Well, she's got a, a letter after her name that indicates the party. And it's one of two letters that you're probably thinking of right now. But anyway, mm. she, you think about it for a few minutes. She authored, I will, a, I will. She authored a bill, which was signed last month by Gavin Newsom, who hiss to legalize human composting in California. Pretty soon it's going to be forced upon you, I predict, if Gavin Newsom has anything to say about it. <laughs> California. I, I can't. Human compost. I cannot get through my head through this. Well, oh, let's go. Let's go throw grandma in the garden. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it'll take six weeks to six months and she'll stop rotting eventually. It, Calif- seems, it seems just very, very unpopular. I don't know. What's the right term? Uh, disrespectful, I think, is what it's called. But That's why I brought this article out when I saw it. I knew it had your name all over it. I was going to get a, a strong opinion one way or the other from you. California becomes the fifth state to allow this method of body disposal, commonly known by the more scientific-sounding name, natural organic reduction. Boy, they got to add weird names to everything. You know, it used to be junior high school. Now it's middle school. Why do things have to change? Anyway, Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington have legalized the practice, and legislation is pending in several other states. I don't know where because I didn't care enough to click on the link. So what were those states again, Doug? Well, they sounded uh, like uh, they also belong to the same political party, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, and Colorado. So oh, they man. All, I, I could I could have picked that list right out of the air. Yeah, they pretty much all have the same little letter after their names that uh, yes. this, this uh, California legislator has. The California law takes effect in 2027, allowing time for regulators to establish the rules that will govern human composting in the state. But it's never too early to start planning for your death. Heather Anderson, a 68-year-old consultant and former hospice nurse in Seattle, says that she has already chosen to be composted when she dies because it's much easier on the environment than burial or cremation. Okay, now i got to ask this Heather Anderson what she thinks happens to all of the insects, all of the wildlife, uh, every other life form that dies. Uh why do you think that your body being uh, composted is going to change any effect uh, on the environment? Um, I'm just going to leave that as a rhetorical question for Heather, and I doubt that she'll hear this podcast to answer it. We're actually enhancing the earth rather than taking away from it, she says. And there's a spiritual dimension to her decision, she says, since she'll be going back to being part of the whole cycle of life. Anderson, who is in good health, purchased a prepaid composting plan from Recompose, the Seattle-based green funeral home, whose founder, Katrina Spade, I wonder what political party she belongs to, <laughs> is widely she's widely viewed as a pioneer of natural organic reduction for humans. Uh, ironically, her name is Spade, so she is named after the tool that one would use to dig a grave in a traditional uh, burial. California is the fifth state to legalize human composting. Uh, I don't know why all these articles have to repeat themselves halfway through. One naturally reduced human body can yield anywhere from 250 to 1,000 pounds of soil. 
depending on the method used and the type and volume of organic materials mixed in with the body. That's enough to fill several wheelbarrows or the bed of a pickup. Go ahead, throw some dead people in my pickup truck, will you? Once the none, process, of, none of this sounds like a good time, Doug. I know it. I can't wait to finish reading this article and end the podcast episode because I'm sure the audience is cringing and grinding their teeth. Uh, so, of course, being composted after death is not for everybody. For example, the California Catholic Conference objects to the new law. The methods involved, it said in a statement, reduce the human body to a disposable commodity, and we should instead seek options that uphold respect for both our natural world and the dignity of the deceased person. Those who have chosen to have their bodies composted are generally motivated by ecological concerns. With natural organic reduction, what we are in fact doing is taking everything that continues to be alive in the human body after the human being leaves it and turning it into something that can actually nurture the planet. Oh, now we're going to nurture the whole planet. Guess who said that? It's a person named Holly Blue Hawkins. She lives in Santa Cruz County. And, oh, my uh, God. So is, is she a friend of, uh, you oh, know, Spade? You know, better yet, she's making money off of this thing. Her last respects consulting firm offers death planning services. No, it's called no respect yeah. death planning service. Oh, boy, oh, boy. After hey, death. Yeah, come to the funeral. Grandma's out back. <laughs> You know, we're we're right in the you caught us right in the middle of corn planting, but you can go take a look at grandma. Well, then they got to throw some uh, stuff on her to make her rot faster. So they give yeah. everybody at the, in the church a little uh, spade, I guess, or a, a trowel. And uh, here, take, you know, here's a, a big bin of uh, stuff. Just toss it on grandma and it'll yeah, help her rot. Here's here's your own little personal cup of quicklime. After death, the human body retains numerous elements and minerals that are nourishing to plants, including carbon, calcium, magnesium, nitrogen, and phosphorus. Gee, we're just, I, I heard somebody that, uh, did a calculation. This was a long time ago, but the human body is worth about 98 cents in these uh, various uh, minerals like nitrogen, phosphorus. I mean, geez, I, I had I had heard six bucks, but you know, either way, it's not a whole bunch. Well, look so, what's happened to the economy lately. We've had a lot of inflation. <laughs> okay. Well, ninety-eight cents. To, we're probably at least worth six bucks now, Doug. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I don't want to devalue the human, <laughs> the human body. Traditional burials pose many problems. I don't think they do. I think they had it figured out, you know, a long time ago. The formaldehyde used in embalming fluids puts funeral workers at risk for problems such as irregular heartbeat, a dangerous buildup of fluid in the lungs, and over time cancer. Come on. They have had this problem. Uh, this this is just like a made-up uh, piece of garbage. Moreover, the toxic substances in embalming fluid can leach into the soil. I think it takes a really long time for that to happen, and they probably go inert long before that ever happens. So this is a big, fat lie. Uh, not to mention that there just isn't enough land in cemeteries for everyone to have their own plot indefinitely into the future. I would ask rhetorically, has anybody ever driven over this great country or flown over it? Um, there is so much land out there. There is land both for all the people that will die in the future, 
plus all of the landfill expansion that's going to be required as we acquire things and throw away other things. There is no reason for recycling. There's no reason for limiting our garbage. And there's no reason for limiting the people that want to be buried if they want to be buried. I think we should accommodate them. Cremation, on the other hand, emits numerous pollutants that are harmful to humans. I don't believe that's true. They use natural gas and it's burned in the most efficient way possible. Once again, another lie. Uh, Millions of tons of carbon dioxide every year. So what? And the percentage of people choosing cremation is growing fast, primarily because it's cheaper than a burial. I don't think that's the only reason. Cremation is projected to account for 59% of body disposals this year and 79% by 2040. Hmm. Three million Americans die each year. That's a lot of bodies burning up. Nothing wrong with that. Human composting has emerged only recently as an alternative to burial and cremation. Since Recompose opened in December 2020, the company has composted fewer than 200 bodies. Obviously, that's a tiny fraction of the people who die in Washington State, but a 1,200 but 1,200 customers have prepaid for a natural organic reduction, which he believes is a sign of growing appeal. Um, Many funeral entrepreneurs say that the human composting is a significant business opportunity in a $20 billion industry. Our owners have been holding discussions about expanding across the country as more states legalize it. Uh, Some uh, boy, you can only talk about silliness like this uh, for so long. Uh, ah, Dying isn't cheap and composting is no exception. The cost of natural organic reduction ranges between $3,000 to just under $8,000, depending on which company you choose. The companies typically offer on-site ceremonies for an extra charge. That compares with an average funeral cost of just under $7,000 for cremation and just over $9,400 for a traditional burial with casket and vault. I'll tell you, my mother, one of the cheapest people on the planet, was in charge of my father's uh, funeral. I think she pulled that off for less than four grand. It was um, it was a a wonder to behold how she took a uh, carving knife to the funeral uh, home's plans and uh, wound up spending about one eighth of the money that they had budgeted for that. Yes, Randy. I have a question. Please ask away. Okay, so human composting, otherwise known as rotting, uh, what, what, wh- why would that cost three thousand dollars? I, I, I can go sit somebody in the you know the washout here and accomplish the same thing for a lot less than three thousand. Randy, I have to believe that the people who came up with this idea have seen the handwriting on the wall that they can make a ton of money by appealing to the sillier aspects of people who would sign up for this sort of thing. So they've tacked in a little extra profit for themselves because they know that these tree huggers are going to pay extra if they can hug trees in death as they have in life. You're going to have to watch very carefully in the future, Doug. When your landscaper comes in with some mulch, Mm -hmm. read that bag, read that bag very carefully. Uh, it's going to have human body parts in it: phosphorus, nitrogen, and potassium. That's Those right. are the three six elements. Bucks. Six bucks, and the but mulch it, is the mulch is going to cost you. Well, I don't know, thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> and is it going to say this? This uh, mulch provided by so and so's grandmother. You know who who yeah. died well, in. Uh, 
the year it's 2023. Called, they're going to they're going to come out with, you know, what what do they call it like a I can't think of it right now. I but anyway, it's grandma's landscaping. So anyway, it'll be, you know, they'll it'll be some sort of a process where you buy into the what, what am I trying to say here? Well, a franchise think, franchise opportunity yeah. for grandma's grandma's landscaping. You've given me an excellent idea because my grandparents on both sides of my family are just laying in the ground. Why don't we dig them up and sell them? I know we could get some money, at least six bucks. Uh, yeah, at the very least. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, these uh, these uh, vultures that are uh, asking you to have be uh, mulched, turned into mulch, are going to take their share of the profits, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know something? We have overstayed our time here, and we are going to have to sign out for today on this very interesting topic of whether or not you should have grandma living in your garden, you know, propping, you know, basically causing your strawberries to flourish. Well, there's that possible. It's it's something to contemplate, isn't it? But yes, we had a I, we had to close the doors on this episode and get the heck out before somebody comes up with a, a reason it's actually a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, thank you all for joining us. I I certainly appreciate it because you could have been many different places, listening to many different things. And you weren't. You were here with us listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, which we certainly enjoy doing for you. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more, though. He's living in Cave Creek up in the high altitude mountains behind the city, watching over everything in the territory to make sure nothing goes wrong. In his Fortress of Solitude. Bye-bye, everyone.